Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a culture and conversation podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on today's episode for episode 150, yes, that's right, 150, I welcome my good friend Nicole Payson back to the podcast. She is the host of the fantastic Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole podcast, and she comes back on to discuss theology, spirituality, religion, the political climate we find ourselves in, and more importantly, how we can see ourselves reflected in those that we differ on issues with, and how we can make a more communal place for ourselves, our children, and the next generation. It's a great conversation. I want you to definitely hear it out. But speaking about authenticity and communal relations, I wanted to go ahead and let you know that today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Snuffy. Snuffy is a clothing brand empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence for all. 10% of all proceeds go to support LGBTQ plus organizations led by trans people of color. And it is run, the company, by Nick Silvestri, who designed the Detox Podcast logos, both the regular one and the Pride Month logo. So if you like his work and you want to go support him, go check out snuffy.co. That's snuffy, S-N-U-F-F-Y dot C-O. And stick around for my conversation with, with Nicole after this. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time is one of my favorite people on the planet, Nicole Payson. Nicole, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing so well. I'm so happy to be here. I've been looking forward to this. I love talking to you. Yes. Things are great. <laughs> I am super excited. It's episode 150, which just means we're 50 episodes away from 200. And Amazing. that's an achievement in and of itself. And I'm going to enjoy every bit of it. I know some people are like, you know, when I get episode 100, 150, 200, I just roll right on through. I'm like, that's cool. I'm I'm all about celebrations and I need we need a reason to celebrate right now so like oh God, why yes. not just celebrate yes day? and especially like also we need a reason to like track time is another oh thing. god like, yes like actually Ugh. being able to delineate oh my gosh yes I have done x amount of things in this time that feels like we're in purgatory like you know what Ooh. I mean just being able yes. to like check off things on a timeline feels very special right now I often feel like I'm sitting in the medium place as well. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's a good place reference for folks who are wondering. Um, But... It's a great reference, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's probably one of my favorite side quests that they have in that whole thing is visiting the medium place where she's equally horrible and also fantastic and is just like, yeah, she evened out and no one could decide where she should go, so here she is. Anywho. <laughs> it's so good. But folks can go binge it and figure out what we're talking about. So Yes. Um, but I'm really excited for this episode specifically because you and I had connected so well and really scratched the surface of a lot of cool talking points last time. I know we're definitely not going to get to everything I wrote down in this episode, but, um, we were kind of chatting offline about different perspectives on theology, religion, spirituality. And a couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to bring Rob Bell on the podcast to talk about his book, Everything is Spiritual, which was really cool because one of the topics that he brought up in his book, which I covered on the podcast, is this idea that we as individual people do not start from zero. We start in the middle of a play that's already ongoing, and we were thrust on stage without a script and told to start speaking. And trying to figure out our way through this performance called life and and figure out where we fit in it was so interesting of a concept to me because it is true. It's like we're, you know, we are here for a period of time and then we're gone forever. And so I'd love to kind of pick your brain and think through um, the aspect of uh, just a little bit maybe of your background in spirituality and and where it's kind of led you to today. And then maybe that'll lead us into some some of the other talking points I have here. Because I have because one of the things I do want to talk about as well is we are in the middle of a crazy election cycle. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I find myself struggling a lot of the times with some of my family members and friends I grew up for so long supporting 45, uh, mm-hmm. supporting the, the president and and on, in my opinion, since the further and further away removed I get, um, not being able to grasp my, wrap my head around it, but I do have some thoughts. And, and so I'd love to, so before we even get to that, I'd love to circle back around and give a little bit of background context on your forays and interactions with, uh, 
religion, Christianity, spirituality, however you define it. Excellent. Oh, my God. I already have 400 thoughts. Um, so I'm going to do my best not to um, completely pummel your listeners uh, with, with my inner inner monologue here. Um, so uh, so in terms of my background, um, I was very, very fortunate to be raised uh, in the UCC Church, United Church of Christ. Oh, yes. yes. Um, so it, for those who don't know it, it's a very liberal sect of Christianity. It's Congregationalist. So actually, there's an inherent um, democratic aspect to it um, to the point where it can almost be an eye roll sometimes because you're like God we have to discuss everything and and there has to be a majority consensus to do anything and you know like I remember like <laughs> yeah. my parents sometimes complaining about that but also loving it you know sure. um, and what was so cool is when they were sort of shopping around for churches when they moved to my town um, my dad was a, a non-practicing Catholic. Um, his he was Italian Catholic growing up, and it was very important to his father. And yeah. um, his mother was is um, an agnostic Czech. Uh, so okay. it was an interesting relationship. They were also she was a Democrat. Uh, he uh, my grandfather was uh, was a Republican. Like they had a very <laughs> interesting uh, relationship that way. That's but um, yeah, but my my dad and his brothers and sister uh, all sort of one by one fell away from Catholicism once my grandfather passed um, because mm, they sure. just uh, they were. None of them could really justify, obviously, um, unfortunately, what was happening in the with the pedophilia scandals and things like that. Um, right. But I think it was it was also it was just a number of things. They didn't feel like it really resonated. So when my mom and my dad were married, and my mom um, was coming from a Methodist background, she was like, "I'm I'm open. Let's just see where we want to end up." And she they went to a couple different churches in my town, listened to sermons, and and what she loved and why she chose my church was because there was a woman pastor speaking when she went nice. and she loved her sermon and my mom is such a feminist and yeah. she was like this is it we're going and so like right. I you know when I think about that that's the foundation that you know my dad was like okay I you know I believe in God but I'm I'm not about the fundamentalist life and you know I'm open and my mom was like I'm open too and I'm a feminist and we're going somewhere with with a strong <laughs> female leadership like it was yeah. a very good foundation for me um yeah so so, so that's that's where I ended up, and that's that church is where I spent my entire like my entire childhood um, in, sure. until adolescence. It was where I was confirmed, um, and a core belief uh, that is, I guess. That, that is inherent in um, use in the UCC system is the um, right to private judgment, and what that means is we're going to give you. Uh, the story of Christ and the tenets of the religion and um, and the Bible as we have interpreted them, but that's just the starting point and what you believe is your right. And what we're mm. doing here is creating community and specifically uh, a place of connection and outreach more than we are uh, pushing dogma on anybody. Sure. Um, so it really, it, it was incredibly community-oriented church. Um, I did a ton of outreach trips, just um, service trips, helping, you know, uh, build facilities and do donations right. and things like that. Um, my youth group was awesome and super hippie oriented. <laughs> like it was just very, <laughs> it was very positive. And uh, for me, my parents, you know, started every meal with grace. Um, and there was no, like I said, there was no real dogma. It was just, right. it was, it was God is there. And if you need to speak to God, speak to God. And for me, yeah. that's been, I would say the most foundational and ultimately the most important relationship in my life has been with God for sure. Honestly. Yeah. Um, I like that. Yeah. So that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. <laughs> No, that's good. You know, and and reflecting back on my own upbringing and thinking about, so my dad has been for, gosh, beyond 20 years, I guess maybe 25 years at this mm -hmm. point. Um, no, longer than that, closer to 30 years, a sports pastor. And for what folks who are listening may not know is there are some pastors who are tied to a church. There are some that are that are tied to a specific type of mission or country that they're sent to on whatever church you're associated with. So my dad um, was ordained as a pastor uh, from the Baptist church uh, mm. 
many years ago. And then what his, uh, the way he decided to serve was by linking up with different sports teams in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and providing spiritual guidance, doing some Bible studies some fellowships some chapel, because there was a, a, there was a request by several different athletes that there be a priest type of presence around the locker room for blessings, for that type, for communion, for that type of practice. While my dad was not a priest, he still served in that in that way and still does to this day with uh, with FC Dallas in Major League Soccer and has been wow. since they entered the league. So that's been really cool and that was his way of giving back. But I say all of that for context and bring up the fact that the the dynamic that I grew up in was very the lessons that we were taught and focused on in in the home structure was those of forgiveness, compassion, um, peace on earth, goodwill towards everyone. Let's make the world a better place. Let's help out those who are less fortunate because we, I, my household growing up was pretty less fortunate in a lot of ways. And so we did have kindness from the church and other members who helped us out in difficult mm. times. And so that was, that. was those were a lot of the lessons that we were taught, and which is interesting to me because while there is a lot of hate interpretation, I would say, of religious texts towards different groups of people, in how one chooses to interpret the Bible specifically, um, that didn't come up a lot in our house. It did come up from time to time. And there was, I distinctly remember several conversations where my parents would fundamentally disagree with how other people were interpreting the Bible in a more of an intense um, way. And they shied away from that and re-taught some of the compassion themes and messages, which, so I bring all that up to speed and that that was my foundation. So it's no wonder that as I got older and started interacting with the world more, realizing that there's a lot more here than even I've been led to believe as far as my immediate church group and dynamic, and that we can do a lot more good in the world by focusing on how we can connect to it and to other people and Mm -hmm. start building out these things. And that leads me to Trump and like bringing it all back around. This is where I struggle on a regular basis is I don't understand how that dynamic that I grew up in and some of the people that I interacted with are backing somebody who is the opposite in every single way. And I think about when they voted for um, Bush and when they voted for, um, and even some of the people I know who voted for Obama, Obama and then voted for Trump, which it seems bizarre to me. And it was on the basis of, you know, these are church attending individuals. So I believe that they are, um, faith-based and then it's, it's odd to me. So I'd love to get your perspective. Like I wanted to bring that full circle, get your perspective on some theories and thoughts as to what, what's up with that, so to speak. Oh God. I, you know, this is, this is the first thing I'll be honest. This is the first thing that I, that I thought of and that really, ate away at my soul uh, for lack of a better way of saying it um, when 45 was elected is as a as someone raised Christian and as somebody who I I feel who I I, I mean I I don't know I want to say this in as as humble a a way as possible because all of our individual relationships to higher power are just that very individual and we we experience what that means on such an individual level Um, but I I feel it's beyond thinking it's beyond faith it's beyond like rational or irrational belief even it is simply a feeling where I get connected and I'm like ah there you are and it's yeah. it, that's that's just it is just that and when i feel that what it is is ultimate like it's ultimate peace it's ultimate joy it's ultimate light it is ultimate acceptance and it is ultimate perspective and i and and i i I feel as as someone raised Christian and who is still spiritual and religious, I feel something of a kinship for anybody who does identify as a religious person, who identifies as a Christian. It, there are many times where I've wanted to sit down with fundamentalists, um, especially as a queer person, but uh, who, who I've wanted to sit down with them and, and go, okay, so 
where is it that we connect? What what's your belief? Sure. How do you experience God? Right. I would love right. to hear that um, because obviously our 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 understanding, our our expression of this, our um, practice of this is, looks very different. But we must have some connection here. Yeah. So it, and I even felt that after years of going to pride marches and seeing people there, you know, holding signs and you're going to burn in hell and things like that. I could even still go, you know what? I still want to sit down with these people. I still, there's something here. And when 45 was elected by such a large evangelical and fundamentalist Christian um, vote, Mm -hmm. something inside me broke. (laughs) I just, I felt so... It was the last straw for me where I went, do you, what is God to you? If this person, if this person in your mind, in your heart represents anything that we are all supposed to feel Christianity is teaching us, how, how, how how do you see that? How do you feel that in this person? And it, it felt like, a fundamental break in experience in um I don't know in existence from people yeah. that even though I knew were different from me uh I still felt like maybe there was some way of connecting with and I and I still do believe that there there is um my in terms of why I think unfortunately so much of it has to do with media right um we are all sure. in our own echo chambers and yep. media has a very 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 uh persuasive insidious way of yes. um of creating drama <laughs> So yeah. that truly, I mean, to create yeah. ratings and create clicks, right? Yep. So we're yeah. all, the more that we're all addicted to that, that, you know, the more susceptible we become to that sort of indoctrination. Um, none of us really are above that, um, or right. most of us aren't on either side. <laughs> um, so I think there's that. And, and in order to create that, there has, we've seen a heightened focus on single issue voting, right? So like abortion voting. So abortion being the one thing that so many people are voting on. And I, and, and I think that a lot of people are willing to turn a blind eye to so many other things because they've decided that protecting life, I'm putting in quotes, protecting life, um, is worth a whole host of uh, ignoring a whole host of other sins. Yeah, true. And you know, I was thinking, I was also thinking about this in <clears throat> in a very uh, binary way. Meaning, I remember the language being used to describe where we were at as a as a congregation mm-hmm. was we are in a spiritual battle it's us versus them it's angels versus demons it's heaven versus hell i mean this is the type of either or language that was built in so how how and this is i was listening to oh god i cannot remember his name um but i was listening to uh the very first episode of russell brands under the skin podcast and i do not remember the guest name but if you just go to episode 001 it's it's that guy who's on there and he's this british um like scholar who talks a lot about terrorism and and our approach to war mm-hmm. and he talked about he talked about the specific language used um, versus 9-11, and he said, you know, it wasn't a war against terrorists. That's a group of people. That's a group of people that you can go after, defeat, and the war is over. Yeah. It's a war against terror. And he's like, the war, he's like, by very definition, that never ends. And so it helps, from a business perspective, funds this war, and it helps bring people in, because it's us versus them. Like, we want to keep you safe. They're trying to destroy your homes. And so thinking through, and that's that's a narrative that the church easily grasps onto because it's what they're being taught already. So when you extrapolate that out to your country, it's now you are the good guys and these people are trying to take it away from you and you're not looking at, and I also think about like just tying another reference in, if anybody's seen Black Mirror, the episode where the soldier has the goggles where he doesn't see the people he's attacking, he sees them as like aliens Uh. because... Because people put the like goggles on him, he takes them off. Like spoiler, he takes them off in the regular people, and he's horrified. 
that's what it feels like that the people that I know aren't seeing fully realized people in front of them. They're seeing these demons that they need to vanquish. And to quote your episode with Violet Gray, Violet Gray said that humans love uncomplicated outrage. And that is so true when you think about the us versus them narrative. And so I think that's why people are so ready to pick up a metaphorical sword and start fighting for this because they feel like this is literally the end of the world and they're doing their part to to get everybody aboard the SS heaven. I mean, <laughs> for lack of a better word. <laughs> no, that's a great way of putting it. Oh, completely. But what's yep. so um, uh, ironic and deeply sad about that is that our side, again, I'm putting air quotes on this. Sure feels the same way like yes. we feel that this is a battle for 100%. for uh, you know good versus evil i mean truly right. like that right. is that is how it feels and it is it is mind-boggling to think that the other side can feel that but of course you know i don't know i'm saying this as an actor too right that like <laughs> the best that like in terms of advice on playing villains that was always imparted to me is that you can you never judge the villain because the villain thinks that they are the righteous one right the, the villain thinks that they mm. that, that their perspective is ultimately the right one and they are fighting if not for good then for better than for yes. for uh, um something that is necessary and right. and whether that's self-motivated or or you know some idea of grandeur or whatever but like it it that is so true and i and i don't want to call the other side villains i actually and sure, I, no. I i i will say that i feel um the core of my animosity in all of this is directed entirely at the people who know better so are not it's not really the the trump base um it's not really uh the fundamentalist christians it's not it it honestly it's trump himself it's mitch mcconnell it's everybody who enables trump who who knows better and is in it for themselves and it's all the media companies who don't give a a crap about the um you know devolving of our society who just care about ratings and numbers um yeah you know that that those are the people that i am looking to and that's the kind of thing where like i would get i would i would get on the front lines with like a trump supporter any day who might wake up to that and then we all rise up against them like i am right. i'm a hundred percent on yeah. i will put the rest of that shit in the past like if, yeah. if all yeah. of us sort of <laughs> went screw this system this is making right. us all miserable like that right. you know that's that's how i feel no that's a that's a good point and then i think about so i i still am wrestling with the christian how do i say it? the argument for mm-hmm. fundamental um, or no, I'm sorry, the argument of evangelicals for Trump, like I'm still mm. working through that because it doesn't, it, it is so opposite of everything I was taught and why mm-hmm. the church that I was a part of was so anti-Clinton during the Monica Lewinsky scandal and everything going on there. And so, and so then they flipped the script, right? So it's a, it's a, it doesn't make any sense, but, no. but from a middle America argument and perspective, folks that may or may not be religious, but have been hit up against hard times. I was looking at this like projected electoral map today, which is always like dangerous. Right. But, <laughs> but I was looking at how they had it mapped and like, I, I'm doing like a, like a, like a opposite of a bell curve um, sure. with my hands right now. And that whole like middle swath of America was pretty solidly red. Yeah. And that's been that way for quite some time. And I think about how that section is the blue collar workers, the farmers, the people who rely on agriculture and who rely on factory jobs and who rely on a way of life that is being replaced in a lot of different ways. And so when they think about, when they hear phrases like no fracking and wind and solar energy and, um, free, um, um uh, veg like uh veganism and uh-huh. I, I, there there's something else they they hear what they hear is they don't hear a better way of life they hear oh you you found a cheaper and more efficient alternative to my job so you're letting me go because you found somebody who will do the work 
better, faster, and cheaper. And so when they hear somebody who comes up and is just like, hey, you're right to feel angry. I get it. Come with me and I'll get you an opportunity back. That's be- that's better to these people than than zero. And I always go back to like people want like people at their core, I, I feel, want very few things. They want to be heard, they want to be validated, and they want their concerns to be addressed, yes. right? And so if you can just hear someone out, validate their fears, let them know that, yes, they are right to feel that way. Yes, they have very valid concerns. Come with me. I'll help you. That's it. Then you've got them. And that's that's what Trump did mm-hmm. in in a nutshell. And he, he told the evangelical crowd what they wanted to hear, which is no abortions, That full stop, like no abortions, done. Um, and then for the blue collar workers, the base of Pennsylvania and Michigan and all these states he needed to swing, he was like, yeah, you're right to feel a- upset about these measures because they kicked you out of a job in a home and I can bring it back. I can bring it back to when you had food on the table and you didn't have an astronomical mortgage. And that's what's really hard for me to wrap my head around, meaning I don't want to wrap my head around it, but I have mm-hmm. to embrace the reality that that is what happens because I don't feel like we're in a vacuum in the sense that people don't just decide, yeah, I'm going to vote for somebody. I feel like not everybody is blind. It's just people are making conscious decisions, which they feel is in their best interest. Yeah, absolutely. The best interest of them and their family. I mean, and this is like, these are the things where we go, okay, when I stop and I I think like, how could people think this way? I stop Mm -hmm. and I'm like, well... on a, on, a, on a fundamental, like, baseline, baseline, baseline level, let's not look at, like, you know, um, how all this actually <laughs> is put into practice in, in both of our, our belief systems. But on a baseline level, I, I, I want to be able to support myself. I want to have, uh, you know, enough money to support my family. I want my family to be safe. Um, I, I want my family. I want my kids even to grow up in a, in a world that um, felt as cozy as the world that I grew up in, you know? Right. I mean, like, yeah. those kinds of things. Like, we uh, – these are all very basic things, and I don't begrudge anybody for wanting those things because I also want them. Um, yes. It's just <laughs> – obviously, we have different – ideas about how to best go about that and also different ideas of how much sacrifice we are willing to make on those fronts to help other people who may not look sound uh believe like us and i i think you know going going back to the christian thing because i i have thought I think about it all the time, and I'll give uh, uh, your listeners a little bit more background and for those who may not have heard my other episode here. Um, like, my constant battle in my head of, you know, the different timelines that I want to be living in any given moment and <laughs> who I am in <laughs> the parallel universes of my brain. Um, right. it, uh, I have thought many, many times about uh, getting my master's uh, divinity and and becoming a pastor um and whatever that means now it is this a whole a brave new world that way so we've got to we've got to <laughs> like christianity and all religions have to figure out a way to to continue um uh living and adapting in this in this True. and with a you know with um people coming up who believe less in religion or are very skeptical of religion but are developing sort of um patchwork spiritualities which i think is very right. interesting so i'm very interested in that kind of um of of a religious approach at this point but so I I think about things so often from the from from a religious perspective and I recently I watched AOC speak to the on on the house floor did you see this speak to Congress uh where she I don't I heard I heard about it I did not actually get to watch it I'll yeah, definitely watch it. Yeah, uh, it was posted on now this, and then um, and okay. she yeah 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 she, yeah she reposted it. It's like a four minute video. I highly recommend everybody go watch it. And um, and I'm not saying this because I'm like I like am uh, an AOC stan. Um, <laughs> like I, I I mean I think she's great, but I, I it's right. I don't follow everything she does. Like I know some people sure. do. Um, but this particularly caught my eye because she she said she was so so sick of religion only being invoked on you know the floor of congress or the senate um to to justify bigotry and oppression versus it being invoked to justify inclusion and um 
and community and charity and these right. things that are so fundamental to the Bible when you read the Bible. Yeah. Um, and yeah. she spoke so articulately on that. And I actually went down a little, like a little bit of a rabbit hole looking through Bible verses um, that I, and I, I, in my head, I was like, oh, my God, if I start tweeting out Bible verses, are my followers going to be like, what the fuck, Nicole, what's going on? Like, I, like what is happening? And just like, I don't know. But but that was what I wanted to do because I was like, yeah. I was like, there are so many things in here straight from the mouth of Jesus, um, you know, as yeah. as depicted in, in, in the Bible, at least, um, that that are that are, you know, take care of those who are who are the least of us um, yes. and that in that you know the best way to to worship me to show um you know uh, reverence to me is to take care yes. of them because i am them and they are me and all yes. of that and it's like it and i just think about it and i'm like that's the kind of conversation that i want to have so when you talk about you know uh, how do how do we talk to our friends or relatives who are are christian voters for trump I just I I don't know. I'm gonna start compiling yeah. these things, these like actual Bible verses, because at the very right. least, and this is what I say to myself and my friends and family all the time when it comes to like speaking to somebody who likely in the moment is not going to agree with you. Sometimes you can say something to them that even if they retort in the moment because people don't like being wrong, they don't like right. being wrong. You don't know what is keeping them up at night. You don't know what little kernel of something that you said is going to rattle in their brain, you know, yeah. and implant itself over time. You just don't know. So yeah. that to me is that's that's how I'm going about this. I'm 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 stacking up Bible verses, y'all. <laughs> no, you know that's a that's a good point. I I think about the fact that I mean, truthfully, my quest to kind of understand how 2016 happened mm. is what kept me up, and I started with a like people are just idiots narrative, and now I've come full circle and understood the people behind the the reasoning. And then yeah. I was even thinking about, as you were talking about the Bible verses, um, so for my undergrad, I double majored in theater and theology. And one of my classes was a class on preaching. And um, shout out to Dr. Wheelington, if he's listening, he's not. But if he is, um, his class was fantastic and very formative. And one of the things I loved about it was we would have to present a sermon and then we would get immediately critiqued on it by our peers. And it was, um, what I appreciate about the class it was very positive critiques, meaning nobody lambasted anybody for what they were doing or what they were trying to do. It was always a, I really like the core of your message. I feel like the delivery got lost because of these things, but you could tweak them and then you'd be great. So the thing that I preached on was, uh, you know, McDonald's always does the Monopoly game every single year, right? Mm -hmm. yes. So this was like, oh, seven or oh, eight or oh, nine, I don't know, somewhere in there. And the tagline that year um, was be you only better. And it was to incentivize you to, to buy more and to win and then be a millionaire. And then you'll be yourself, but way better because you'll have lots of money. So I took that and I, and I compared it to, I think it was the Sermon on the Mount, or if not, it was somewhere in there where Jesus talked about bringing your whole self, who you are to the, the kingdom, like the kingdom on earth and, and to him and to the teachings. Cause he said, you are enough as you are, you are beautiful as you are, you don't need to change. And so taking a look at those two things and saying like one is saying be you but way better and the other one is saying come as you are because you are authentically good and pure is totally different and and the fact that that message from jesus as told as depicted in the bible gets twisted around into a message of bigotry and hate versus the message of inclusive inclusivity and authenticity yeah. as he had intended boggles my mind and is the reason why i cannot go to church around here because it it bothers me that we're not teaching on that we're teaching on the like us versus them narrative and so i think so bringing this back around to everything as we're starting to wrap up because i could talk for three hours and it wouldn't be enough but but bringing it back around i think the less so i would say my piece of advice and i would love to get yours as well before we get to the final segment um my piece of advice to people 
on either side, who, whatever perspective you're listening, if you're voting, if you voted for Trump or if you didn't vote for Trump, if you're listening, if you're angry, if you're happy, I don't care. I just want you to know that the people that you're interacting with are people. And it's very difficult to hear them from who they are because we don't see them as that. We see them as a collective of individuals mm -hmm. and we need to see them as an individual and understand that they are authentic. They have a reasoning and we need to get through that and listen so that way we can seek to understand and then better help each other raise a, or make a more inclusive world. And that's not easy to do. And I'm fully aware that I'm speaking from a place of privilege where my rights are not currently under attack. So full disclosure, I recognize that. So what I'm trying to do is use my privilege to invite everybody inside for a barbecue and let's like sit down and talk it out. Yes, absolutely. Oh my God. Yes. This is the, what you said resonates so much um, with uh, actually a podcast I was just listening to called The Forbidden Apple. Uh, we just had one of the uh, the podcast co-hosts on our podcast. Um, and But one of the episodes was with this guy, Casper. Oh dear, I forgot his last name. But he is one of the hosts of um, Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, which mm. it's like everything. Yeah, I know that I, podcast. Yeah, which is like everything I could possibly love in one podcast. Um, <laughs> spirituality <laughs> and Harry Potter. I mean, with right. um, but like, but he he's fascinating. This guy, and he was saying that he actually started um, getting his masters at Harvard in public policy, um, and you know, talking about how do we uh the conversations were like how do we um uh stop the the repeat cycle to 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 jail to prison you know how how do we keep people on the right path once they leave how do we um uh make public transportation and and public health and all these things more affordable for people and all these, these policy questions right mm -hmm. and he was like but what was so fascinating to me was that I kept having these philosophical questions about, well, why, why do we have prisons? And mm. why are we in a, why do we allow ourselves to be in a consumer-based culture where everything is about making money and, and gathering more and more and more and, and look at all the problems that's creating. And he was like, and the only people who wanted to talk to me about that were the, in the school of divinity. And he actually <laughs> transferred over to the school of divinity as a result, because he started, I love that. and and he started studying both because he was like, not only were we studying, you know, sacred texts, he was like, but what I found and what surprised me so much was that so many, these students were studying how to be in community with other people. And I think what we all need to keep in mind, especially in this like unbelievable, contentious um, distressing time of, of this election is that no matter how this shakes out and no matter how anybody is voting right now on November 4th 5th 6th 7th we're all gonna have to still live in community with one another so right. the question is how do we do that how do we yep. do that you know and and who who is it really that's feeding these things to us? And yeah. what are the ways in which yeah. we can connect with people who we are fundamentally going to have to share this planet with? Right. Yeah. How yep. can we do that? Um, yeah. And I, I just feel like we all have to be guided by that because you can't just say, well, I'm just going to forget 40% of the population. Like that's insane. No. It's impossible. Yeah. yeah. So. And it's, it's unrealistic. Yeah. No, completely. we have to. We have to operate in these spaces yeah. with each other and we have to rely on each other in order to get the job done. And the job getting done is making the world better than we found it, yes. regardless of what some people would like to, to think. So, um, which that's a whole other thing. I get really irritated with the, I call it the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory version of Christianity, which is <laughs> I've got my golden ticket. I know where I'm going. I'm going the Wonka Vader to the sky. I don't really care about the Chocolate Factory down below. And it's like, oh my God, you are a fucking idiot. But yeah. anyways, but I digress. So I will say this, you and I had talked about it before, and I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there and that yeah. uh, Nicole and I are going to do like mini episodes of like religion and spirituality yes. and like just release them um, at some point in the future. It's going to happen like four or five episodes. So just like at some point, I'm putting it out in the universe, it's going to happen. So yes. don't worry. If you like it, it's going to, con this conversation will continue. But this has been fantastic. I actually have a new segment before we get to the jokes, because I know you know about the jokes. I do but know about the, the I, I have brought back 
when the show first started um, many years ago, it had a segment called Things to Check Out. And so I've brought it back and retooled it a little bit. So I like to know two things. Um, so I always start by saying a lot of people are watching a lot of great stuff. And I feel that that's covered ad nauseum. If you mm -hmm. want to know what great stuff to watch on streaming platforms or on TV, go check it out. There's lots of people like AV Club and other outlets that are definitely covering that. Go check it out. But for this, I want to know, what are you reading and mm -hmm. who are you listening to? And you can interpret who you're listening to however you want. I like to interpret it as a podcast. But so for me, it's like, what's a book and a podcast recommendation? But it could be whatever. Okay, cool. Okay. I have uh, several things. I'm always reading several <laughs> books um, at the same time. Yes. And that's oh. just, and it's like, I get and, bored when I'm reading just one. Yeah. Well, I know. And I'm, I, cause I always, I, I am in a different mood for, you know, yes. a, a different days, which is just me. I don't know the, the expression yes. of my bisexuality in all parts of my life, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> it's true. I'm like, I, I need variation. Um, no, but I, uh, I, I will say, um, I'm, Finally, and this is because my husband would not let up on me until I finally started it. I am reading Watchmen right now. So talk <gasps> oh, about being yes. late to the mm. game, but I'm mm. reading it's okay. Watchmen. Exactly. It's okay. And I, you know, it, I, I'm I'm a big believer in read the book before you see the movie or the series. Sure, um, of course. And so on this, like, he kept wanting me to watch Watchmen, and I was like, I will not until I read it. No, and no. so, got, I, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. So, so that's so that's what I'm doing. Um, and in oh, partly so why I wanted to, I mean, read it as it feels like, from what I know about it, extremely relevant um, to mm. all the mm -hmm. things um and i know that the series is as well which is like a uh you know happens after right right so, yeah, right anyway. yes that's correct yeah it's, um, a, it's a direct sequel there yeah. was a movie by Zack snyder where he adapted the the book a little bit yes um so i always tell people if they don't have the ability to read the comic they could watch the movie and then watch the tv series because oh. there's a, just a few changes mm -hmm. um there's also a fantastic youtube video called um oh what's the series they did game of thrones recaps oh my god alt shift x mm. he did um a recap of watching the comic it's like 18 minutes so like for those who also don't have the comic uh, may not have access to the movie but do have access to the tv series and want to watch it check that out because that will help get you up to speed for the tv series amazing but i but i digress no Go no, ahead. no that's actually <laughs> that's so great that's i i'm still reading it but yes <laughs> but, um and then i will say i just finished two books that i so highly recommend um one is uh one is circe by madeline miller and oh. i'm i can't i i mean okay it is like as it is like epic poetry that is extremely accessible and is somehow also a page turner and epic Ooh. poetry is not what you associate with page turner for those of no. us who read like the odyssey etc um so and beowulf oh oh god exactly god. no and it is it is not that it is absolutely um brought into the present moment and uh it takes a character actually from the odyssey but a minor character and explores just her and it's okay. uh, it's a very feminist perspective um on this mythological character um and for you know those of us who have any interest in mythology or really any interest in i don't know like the origin of a lot of things that you see around <laughs> you i would i would read it because i feel more knowledgeable and i'm always like oh every time i read anything that has to do with mythology i'm like gee Jesus, I, I start looking around and I feel like, you know, when you learn a new word and then you start seeing it everywhere, it's that exact yes. thing. Mythology just is so <laughs> embedded in our culture in yes. ways that we yes, don't realize. Yes. Um, but Circe is an unbelievably beautiful book. It's one of my favorite books I've read in a long time. Highly recommend. And then on the other end of the spectrum, much darker um, and unfortunately relevant, but so cool. Um, it's called The Power, and the idea is uh, it takes place some some just a little bit in the future. And the idea is that these women, uh, women are starting to be born, girls are starting to be born with um, a little sort of like uh, tissue bit over their collarbone that is electrified, that allows oh. them to harness electricity through their, their hands. Um, and it gives them... It, ultimately gives them a physical power over men that allows them to start creating a matriarchy and oh. but and it's told through about six different perspectives which is really interesting but what it comes down to is <laughs> would a matriarchy really be any better than what we have now mm. or is it just human tendency to want power 
whoever yeah. has the power to continue wielding it and to wield it in some ways that are responsible and other ways that are terribly irresponsible. And it asks that, that giant philosophical question. So you think you're going into it in a complete with a completely feminist text, and then mm-hmm. and it's written by a woman, um, same woman who wrote Disobedience, actually. Um, okay. Yes, and so, but it asks this giant question, and it's really changed the way that. I am looking at certain things when we talk about the the patriarchy versus maybe mm. just what is inherent in human nature. Yeah. Um, Those are interesting questions to ask. Yeah, I like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, okay. so highly rec- highly recommend. And then listening to like I, I just mentioned um, the Forbidden Apple podcast. I just started mm-hmm. listening to that. That is all about um, the relationship between queer people and spirituality, and sort of uh, queer people reclaiming spirituality and religion. Mm-hmm. Um, and they interview fascinating people um including like i said the the host of harry potter and the sacred text also another one that i would i would recommend um and then other than that i'm a pod save america junkie um (laughs) so and like you know sometimes i i need a break from politics so like i'll skip some of them you know but like generally speaking those guys are so informed they're so on it um and they've done an incredible incredible job of uh, mobilizing people to, to vote um, and to get invested in um, Senate races, et cetera. So highly recommend. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So what I am reading, or actually really what I just finished. So I just finished not too long ago, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is mm. the prequel to Hunger Games. Um, so if you liked Hunger Games, definitely check it out. Uh, a word of advice I will give to anybody who's listening and is about to read it. Um, there was some advice that my wife gave me before I read Mockingjay, the third mm. book in the series. And so the first two books are set obviously around the Hunger Games. Um, and the third one, Mockingjay, um, is set up a little bit different. I don't want to give too many spoilers, but she told me before I went in, because she read it first, she said, approach the entire book like a third games, no matter what happens. And I, and that informed the way in which I read the book and mm. it made a much more enjoyable experience. So I, this time the script was flipped and I read Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes first, but I told her, I said, same idea, read the entire, now there are Hunger Games in this book, but I said, read the entire thing like a games in the same way you told me to read Mockingjay. And that informed her reading and she absolutely loved it. So if anybody's going in, I don't want to, I'm not giving anything else away, but just approach it that the whole thing is a games Whoa, and, cool. and you will uh, appreciate it, I think in different ways so cool and so that what am i listening to i'm listening to a podcast called learning how to see featuring brian mclaren brian mm-hmm. mclaren is a theologian former pastor author um he's been on the podcast a couple times he's coming back in december for his next book he's fantastic he was one of um the authors i sought out when i started getting more progressive in my spiritual views he's great and it's a limited series so they've got three episodes out now it's going to be i think total seven or eight episodes but it's about how can we see it's what we were talking about today how can we see each other see ourselves in each other find common ground and make a better world so it's by he's got two other pastors or priests on the podcast and it's fantastic it's really great check it out um but yeah so now, segueing into the Dad Joke of the Week segment. It's a segment where I hurl dad jokes at my unsuspecting guests in an attempt to get the audience to laugh. Well, no, my guests to laugh while the audience groans, but I can't hear my audience. I can only hear my guest. So it works out. But I do like to put my guest on the spot first. Nicole, do you have any jokes you would like to offer up today? Uh, I... I- I don't, although I hate that I don't, and I promise that the next time that we do something, I'm gonna have one. Okay, I'm okay, that's good. It's yes. <laughs> all good. So I've got three fall themed jokes for us since we <laughs> okay, are in okay. fall. All right, so first of all, uh, Nicole, what did one autumn leaf say to another? I don't know. I'm like, falling for you. I'm falling. For, I was like, it has to have fallen. It it has yeah. to, but I don't know how. Oh. Um, all right. Next one. Next one. Uh, how do you fix a broken pumpkin? It feels like it has to have jack o' lantern in it, but I don't know. Go ahead. What is it? With a pumpkin patch. A ball. With a pumpkin patch. <laughs> Oh my God! Of course. All right, yeah. all, right. all right. Last one. Last one. Here we go. Uh, what is a tree's least favorite month? Least favorite month. I'm going through the months in my head. <laughs> I I don't know. September. Oh, September. Yes. God. All right. I was like, it has to be, it has to do with getting cut down somehow, right. somehow getting cut down. February? It's March, right? No. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> All right. No. 
All right, Nicole, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, you can follow me at Nicole Pacent, that's P-A-C-E-N-T, on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also follow my podcast, Coming Out Pod, uh, also known as Coming Out with Lauren and Nicole, um, <laughs> at Coming Out Pod on Twitter and uh, sometimes Instagram. I'm trying to be better about that, but mostly Twitter. <laughs> so there you go. Hi. Absolutely love it. Well, we do need a hashtag for this episode, and I was so engrossed in our conversation, I forgot to write one down, Ooh. which I'm usually a lot better about. But what do you feel would be a good hashtag that would totally encompass our conversation? Um, I feel like it has to do with community, don't you think? Mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like living living in co- co- community. Um. Oh damn! Let's. What about what if we what if we um you know perhaps uh uh, ha- uh breaking bread like hashtag breaking bread love it or yeah I love that. let's do that because you've got you've got a Bible yep. type of tie-in mm-hmm. and you've got this idea of coming together and sharing a meal so there yep. we go and I All I right. had I had the thought of communion so that's perfect yes there perfect. there it is love there it, it is <laughs> Nicole thank you so much for coming on the show this has been an absolute delight I cannot wait to do it again thank you for having me could talk to you forever. <laughs> Yes. Well, listeners, we'll be back next week with another great episode. Here's to another 150 episodes. Yes. And then until next time, hashtag breaking bread and hashtag be a better dad. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at detoxpodcast or visit detoxpodcast.com. Also, Be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.